Oh, good morning. Good morning. We're having a great morning, great week. Um, and ready. Uh, we are beginning a series this morning called Why Christmas? Uh, what is the reason for the season? As we are three weeks away from Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, and I know we have no bah humbugs in here concerning that, because um, we're ready, right? I hope. Um, anyway, uh, if you have your Bible with you or whatever device you may be reading the Scriptures from, if you want to make your way to the Gospel of Luke in chapter 2, we are going to be looking at one particular verse uh, for our time here this morning. We'll use a couple other verses from the rest of Scripture, but we're really going to be focused on one verse and what we would consider coming from the Christmas story as according to the Scriptures. As you make your way there, i got a question for you. And before you start blurting out answers, um, this is the question. And uh, the question is, when I think of Christmas, I think of... I want you to fill in the blank. Now, because we're in church and we're all with answer sweet baby Jesus, we're just going to just assume that's already part of the answer. So when I think of Christmas, along with sweet baby Jesus, I think of family. family. Okay, good. It's okay to talk in church. It's all right. What do you think of when you think of Christmas? What comes to mind? Presents. Presents. Stress. Stress. Trees or treats or, or both? Okay. Trees and treats together. Perfect combination. Food, yeah. I mean, winter's coming, so we've got to store up your ready, right? You don't want to stay warm. Your dad reading the Christmas story. Any other thoughts come to mind? Family, gifts, treats, trees. I hear hope. Hope. There's not a wrong answer, so I'm just saying, uh, you, you may think of Christmas movies, you may think of Christmas shows or Christmas songs. Um, you know, this, this time of year is a time of year where we are getting together a lot with family. We have family gatherings, we have uh, work parties, Christmas parties, maybe church Christmas parties, caroling. Anybody remember caroling? Yeah, not, not like when you go to like a nursing home, though that's good, and you walk through the heated hallways. I'm talking about like caroling outside in the slate, you know, to bring the true joy of Christmas to people's doors. I always felt bad when you go to someone's doors and they open it up, though, and like you're freezing and they're just standing there and you know that they were wrapped up in a blanket and now you're making them cold. Anyway, um, decorations. How about decorations? Everybody got their houses decorated for Christmas? We have one home, two homes I did a third? Got third. All right, third home decorated for Christmas. At least a tree up. I don't know. I mean, come on. We don't want to, you, you don't want to go Clark Griswold on us, but maybe you got decorations up. We got Christmas parades. How many have already been to Christmas concerts? Yeah, band concerts, choir concerts. There's uh, things going on with school, presents under the tree. Uh, and as mentioned, stress comes along. Sometimes we worry about stuff. Sometimes we feel like we are just being pulled in so many directions because we've got to be here this night and here that night, and we need to make sure we get this done before that happens, and we need to make sure we have all the things on our do list together. And, and in the midst of everything that we feel like we have to do and have to be and where we need to be and when we need to be and all the money that needs to go into making that be, we can really lose what Christmas is about. 
And so that's why we're pausing for the next three weeks, beginning this morning, to answer the question of why Christmas. And we're going to be looking at the Christmas story according to Scripture, not Ralphie, um, but the Christmas story. And looking in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 2, I love Christmas. Um, one of my favorite, you probably have a favorite show or favorite movie that comes on during this time of year. One of my favorites is a Charlie Brown Christmas. And I, I can watch that every single year. We've already watched it numerous times this year. And one of the reasons I really love that, that show is because when it gets to the end, and, and if you're familiar, Charlie Brown is just overwhelmed as normal. You know, he feels like he's, he's just not worth anything, not doing anything right. And they're trying to put on this play, and Linus has to remind Charlie what the reason for the season is truly about. And Linus quotes from the Gospel of Luke as he begins telling Charlie Brown, this is what Christmas is all about. It's not about all this other stuff, but we can get so uh, distracted about what Christmas is, and, and sometimes in America just the consumer aspect of it. Um, Hobby Lobby had Christmas stuff out in June. It was amazing. I was like, wow, that's going to make a lot of people. And how many, the first time you saw Christmas stuff, you rolled your eyes? Let's just be honest. Oh, are you serious? Again, it happens every year. We just might as well get used to it. It happens every single year. But I, I can remember seeing that, and I laughed to myself because I thought, that is so funny. I, got a, I, I took a picture and posted it on Facebook, and, you know, it's coming, even though it's six months away. But really, for me, when it really starts to become real is we get close to Thanksgiving. When November hits, it's, it becomes to get real. And, and when we get to Thanksgiving, for my particular family, my dad's a pastor, my brother's a pastor, I'm a pastor. So Christmas is kind of a tough time where we all get together. We really have to try to put the puzzle together when we can make it. My mom's just happy we give her Thanksgiving, that we're all there on Thanksgiving together. And, and then we try to figure out Christmas. But that's when it becomes real. When I've got to get the calendar out, and look at all the things coming up with, with church and all the things coming up with our family. And then how can we get together with our other family? And, you know, if you see one grandparent, you have to see the other grandparent. If you don't have kids yet, you'll figure that out very soon. Um, <laughs> it's not good. But all in that, I can get so overwhelmed. I don't know, just overwhelmed with it. All the things I feel like I've got to get done and got to do and places I've got to be, I just get so overwhelmed that I forget what this time of year is supposed to be about. And I'm so thankful God puts it in his word. Um, and it's really a funny story. Have you ever sat and, and tried to think about the Christmas story according to scripture? Just how weird it is? It, it's, it's a story about a questionable pregnancy, a reluctant father, and a little baby boy born in the Middle East in the midst of poverty. That's the Christmas story. Of course, we know there's more to it and more what God is going into, but we celebrate it every year. And in the midst of every year, by the time it's over, most of us by December 26th are ready to be done with it and move on to the next. But I think if we can get to understanding what God is telling us what Christmas is, we can understand that it is supposed to be every single day of our life. Um, first thing I want us to see is that Christmas is a time of celebration and a time for celebration. In Luke chapter 10, verse uh, Luke chapter 2, sorry, verse 10. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Christmas is a time of celebration. And, and I want us to understand why it's a time for celebration. Uh, when I was growing up, there were two 
big times in my life that I, I had to move because God called my dad to go uh, minister at another church. One time was when I was in the midst of third grade, and the other time was when I was getting ready to start eighth grade. And both those times I can remember that first day of school. Um, has anybody here, I mean, we have a lot of people who grew up in Stratford here, but have anybody ever had to be that new student? I know my kids can raise their hand. Oh, wow, well, good, we can all relate to this. That first day of school, when you show up, and it was really hard for me in eighth grade because eighth graders, you know, eighth graders, so many other things going on, and, and showing up, and everybody knew each other. And most of them grew up with one another. And so some of them already had boyfriends or girlfriends, and they were already in the sports and already in the clubs and already knew what to do, when to do it, where to do it, and how to do it. And here I show up in the first day of school. I was already, you know, wondering about myself because I was a bigger kid. I just had to get glasses. And so now I'm like, you know, I'm not calling you this, because, but I felt like I was, I was four eyes. I had some people pick on me. I had this really strange, like, fan thing going up right here with my hair. I did have hair once, but, and, and, and I, you know, it just was a weird day. And I remember the first day of school when I would get there and I was, I was wondering, okay, who am I going to talk to? You know, and what am I going to say? You know, I mean, it's kind of like an interview. Hello, you know, my name is, who are you? Um, so where do you go from there? That awkward moment of getting into a conversation where you don't know someone, you don't know how they're going to react to you introducing yourself, if they're even going to like you, if they're going to make a joke that you're not going to get, if they're going to say something about you that may be some, somewhat insulting, and all that stuff. I know I was a messed up kid, but that, I remember all that stuff going through my head. That first thing, who am I going to sit with at lunch? I mean, they all probably have their tables, and where am I going to sit? Who am I going to talk to in the hallway? And, and am I going to make it to the right class? And am I going to like this? And, and all that stuff and all that fear, all that anxiety just coming upon me, it all worked out fine. But here's the beauty about the Christmas story is the Christmas story is a personal story, and that's why it is a time of celebration. Look there in verse 10. The angel came to the shepherds that night, and they said, I proclaim to you. Some translation says, I bring you. And what we need to understand about the Christmas story and the reason it is personal and the reason it is a celebration is that the Christmas story is for every individual. It is proclaimed from the heavens because God is stamping his truth into eternity that I love you. That's what the Christmas story is about. As God comes, as I am proclaiming to you, I am, I am bringing to you my message of love, that I am sending my only son to you, that you can be completely forgiven for your sins by your faith in him and what he is going to do. That's what Christmas is about. Yeah, I know we like to give gifts, and, and I pulled a great prank on our kids this week because um, I wrapped presents and put them under the tree, and I decided that just for fun, because... Do you all have kids, like for those who have kids, that get and start tinkering with the gifts and they shake it around and they try to listen? That bugged the tar out of me. And so what I decided to do is I'm just going to find one big box. I'm going to wrap, and he knows now, but I'm going to wrap everything individually and put it in that box. And I'm going to wrap that one big box and that's the only thing I'm going to put under the tree. And when they came home and first thing they did, they saw the Christmas presents like, oh, well, they got wrapped. And they said, oh, is this one for me? I said, no, that one's for Fofty. Is this one for me? No, that one's for your cousins. Is this one for me? No, and, you know, no. <laughs> and they finally got, I only have one present. And they were, they were sad in that moment. And so I'll just let it go because that kind of frustrated me that they got sad in that moment that they only had one present. I didn't tell them until later that night that there's more in there. Um, 
but we can get so overwhelmed with this idea of, of gift giving and present giving, and we forget about the true gift of what Christmas is. Christmas is about God stating every single year, and we get to celebrate for a month. We get to celebrate it every single day. We get to watch movies that remind us that it's Christmas time and hear songs remind us Christmas time. But Christmas is about God stamping, I love you, and I've given you the greatest gift ever. It is priceless, it is timeless, and it'll last for eternity. It's everything you need. And when we come to Christmas, what God did is He remade the calendar for us. He stepped out of the heavens for us. He lived a perfect life for us. He redefined what it was to be the Passover for us. He redefined what righteousness was and what it looked like. He died for us. He rose from the grave for us. He ascended into the heavens for us. He intercedes for us in this very moment. He's coming back for us. And Christmas is a celebration that God is intimately and personally in love with you. And that's a reason to celebrate. Because I know me and I don't deserve that love. But every year I just come this time and I can get overwhelmed by all this stuff I feel like I have to get done or I can just focus on this moment. Man, God is reminding me that he loves me. And that's why Jesus came. God put his love on display for all eternity and for all time. And every year on the calendar I get reminded of that. So because this Christmas is to be positive, look there in verse 10. He's bringing what? Good news of great joy. Christmas is to be a positive celebration because it is good news of great joy, not just some joy, but of great joy. And I think if you're like me, I can get so overwhelmed with all this stuff that goes into what I feel Christmas needs to be that I get so stressed out about it I get so worried about it that, oh man, I'm just not doing enough or I'm not providing enough or whatever that is that I forget that this is meant to be a positive time and it's not really about all this stuff, but it's about what God has already done. That's Christmas. But we can become like Martha in the kitchen while Jesus is sitting in the other room and Mary's at her feet and Mary's listening to Jesus. She's spending time with Jesus. Anybody remember what Martha does? She complains. She's such a busybody. She's so stressed out. She complains, saying, they, well, aren't you going to tell Mary, my good-for-nothing sister, to get her act together and get in here and help me? And what does Jesus say? Good old Brady Bunch. Martha, Martha, Martha. She has chosen what is best. And what was best? That she spent time with Jesus. That she sat at the feet of Jesus. She was hearing the words of God spoken to her heart. And so the challenge for us is we get so bombarded and so worried as you begin looking at your weeks to come and like, holy cow, how am I going to get it all in? Just to stop. We talked about this in Bible study this morning. Just stop and be still and sit at the feet of Jesus. Just allow that to be what is important in this time of year so that your heart doesn't get so hard and harsh and you become a Scrooge, but you can remain positive and allow this good news of great joy to come out of you. It's great joy because Christmas is about God is with us. Emmanuel. God stepped out of the heavens to have a personal relationship with us. And he paved the way that we could become his children being adopted. Now you read through the New Testament. 
You'll find the believers, they didn't necessarily celebrate Christmas, but they understood the implication of Christmas. Matter of fact, Christmas wasn't something that was to be celebrated in early Christianity. They didn't celebrate birthdays. They celebrated deaths. And so that's why we read through the book of Acts. We find that the early believers, they celebrated on the Lord's day, which was the day that Jesus rose from the grave. That was their celebration, was Easter. But Paul and the other apostles understood the implications of Jesus Christ coming out of the heavens and becoming a man. Paul wrote in Philippians in chapter 2 about Jesus, that he was existing in the form of God, yet he did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And we had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That was Paul's understanding of what Christmas was. This is why Jesus was born, so that he could die on a cross for our sins. Paul would write to the believers in the letter of Colossians. He would say concerning Jesus that he is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the invisible and the invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and for him because he is before all things and by him all things hold together. So as we celebrate sweet baby Jesus, what we're celebrating is God stepped into our timeline. I mean, he's always been existent, but he stepped in into form of mankind. He took on our representation before holy God so that God's wrath could be poured upon him. That's what Paul understood Christmas is about. That's what Christmas is about for us. Yes, we do all this other stuff, but the, the story is that God stepped into mankind. He stepped into our timeline and he altered everything. He changed everything. Not by anything we can do, but simply by our faith in God, because Paul understood this. This is what Jesus was born for, and this is where Jesus came from, from eternity. And this is how much God loves us, and this is what the birth of Christ shows, how much God loves us. This is one of my favorite verses, and I know I read this a lot. I, I, I was thinking, man, I go to this passage a lot. But it just reminds me, this is what Christmas is too. Romans 8, who can separate us from the love of God? And Paul goes on to say that nothing can. We are more than conquerors because death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor present things, nor things that comes, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate from the love of God that is Christ Jesus our Lord. And if you want a theme verse for Christmas to hang on your wall or you're getting ready to sit out your Christmas card still, here, here's where you should go. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. God's love was revealed among us in this way. That God sent his one and only son in the world so that we might live through him. And love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's Christmas. God loves you. God is for you. And he proved it through his son, Jesus. And that's why we celebrate. That's why every year churches pause in this time and they do a focus on what this Christmas time is because Christmas is God's declaration of love to the world. So we sing carols. We, we wear silly Christmas sweaters. We go to parties and things like that. But we, if we do all that and we forget what the point is, by the end of it, we're not going to want anything to do with it. Christmas is, uni is the universal declaration that God is for you. Turning back to Luke chapter 10, or chapter 2, verse 10, the angel says that I bring you great news, or good news of great joy that will be for what? 
all the people. For all the people. And if we think about the context, the first people that God declared his son was born was who? Shepherds. Well, Mary and Joseph, but, you know, they kind of had to be in on the plan. But shepherds, right? Shepherds were outcasts of society. No boy grew up hoping, man, I hope one day I get to be a shepherd. They were the uneducated. They were the forgotten. They were out in the fields all, all night long in the elements. And yet what God does is he comes and he declares to these lowliest of servants who are taking care of some of the dumbest of animals, I've got good news of great joy that is for all the people. And he begins with the lowliest people in Judea. See, God is for you. And Christmas is a declaration that God is for all people. And so the challenge for me and the challenge for us is not to be so overwhelmed with all the things we feel go into Christmas, but to make sure that is the light that is seen. That this is about God loving people and declaring His love for people. I love this passage out of the Old Testament. It comes from Jeremiah chapter 29. You may be familiar with it. It says, For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. And that's Christmas. God is declaring that I come to bring you a hope and a future. And maybe you're here this morning, you know the Christmas story, you've heard it every single year, um, but you just this time of year and you just get so overwhelmed with everything and you forget the point. God is for you and He loves you. And that's what He wants people to see. You may have the most beautiful Christmas tree in your house. You may have the most beautiful lights up on your house. But God wants people to see that He loves you and He loves them. And because God wants to use us, we celebrate that. He wants to use us to allow that love to come out. But maybe you're here this morning and you've yet to accept God's love for you. See, Jesus came in the form of a, a humble servant to die on a cross for our sins. And because Jesus lived a perfect life, died for our sins, and then He rose again, we can be completely forgiven by our faith in Jesus Christ. This is why Jesus is the only person that can say what He said, that I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Me. No other person in history can make that statement. And He can make that statement because He rose from the grave. Why did Jesus have to die? Because you and I wrestle with the thing the Bible calls sin. Santa calls it the naughty list, but God calls it sin. And if sin is not taken care of, if we die in our sins, we will be eternally separated from God. But we celebrate Christmas because God says that's not His plan for you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to be in love with Him and you to understand His love for you. And the Bible says, when I understand that I am a sinner... But I believe God loved me that much that He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins and rise again. The Bible says I then need to confess it. I need to make it publicly known that I believe that God loves me that much and is for me that much. And when I do that, the Bible's promise is this. You will be saved. It has nothing to do with what you can do or what you have ever done. It is all what God has already done for you. Jesus paid it all. If you're here this morning and you've yet to accept the true gift of Christmas in Jesus Christ, then I plead with you, let this be a day that you can truly celebrate. It's the day of your salvation. But if you're here this morning, 
and you've already done that, but you know you've just been so distracted by all this other stuff that we put on Christmas, and you just need to come and kneel before the Father and tell Him you're sorry and repent. That's what the Bible calls repenting. Now I'm going to invite you to just come and kneel before the Father and help God and ask God to help focus you on what this season is really about. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that you've brought us great news, of good news of great joy. And Lord, help us proclaim it to the people that we run into today. Thank you that you are for us, you're not against us. Thank you that you love us and you forgive us. Father, you justify us. And as we go through these next several weeks, Lord, I know there's going to be times we can be overwhelmed, we can be worried, we can be consumed by all this stuff. But Lord, help us to come back to this moment where we realize what this is really about. You have declared your love for us. And Father, I pray for the individual here who is yet to accept your gift of Jesus Christ in their life, that you would speak to their heart in this moment by the power of your Spirit. You would just unleash your power and your love upon them, and you would draw them to step forward and come let it be known that they want Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And Father, for my brothers and sisters in Christ, if they're anything like me, they've already gotten to the point they've been distracted or frustrated with this time of year. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for losing sight of what this is really about. I thank you for this day. I thank you for loving us. I thank you for allowing us to enter in your presence once again. Father, let us respond to you in this moment in a way that is pleasing to you. I pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand as we sing.